Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. Each week we discuss a software design problem and how we might solve it using functional principles and the closure programming language. So Nate, what's our problem this week? Well, Christoph, I think last week we did a good job of making a wrapper, but the wrapper doesn't actually help us with our, our core problem, which is we want to print out the tweets in uh, in the terminal. So this week I would like to get to the get to the print line, so to speak. Let's get to that that goal of actually <laughs> printing the data out. Oh right, we started on this quest to watch the closure tweets as they come in through the Twitterverse and and see them in our terminal so that we don't have to break our context and you know use I don't know window managers or other horrifying things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got it all integrated, and we yeah. got a wrapper. But yeah, we still haven't printed anything out, have we? Yeah, I mean, we have. We we saw last week that uh, we have. Uh, let's let's call it a copious amount of data that comes back from the 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 search API endpoint. Uh, we have, you know, it's only like eighteen or twenty fields. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, uh, yes, it is wide, but it also is also deep. Um, I, I think a printland or a pretty printed it, and it was you know pages and pages of data. So that that, that might be a little bit overwhelming. If oh. every time someone tweeted, we got you know suddenly the, the the terminal blew past, and we we couldn't even find the tweet in there somewhere. So you're saying we should probably not use closure preprint pprint as our output mechanism. Uh, not yes, <laughs> good for debugging, not good for users. <laughs> but I want to see all the data. <laughs> right. Okay. So what what data do we want to see? Like that. That's that's the thing is we we want we we just want to get uh, the information that's that's relevant. So the the relevant information to us is basically the the tweet. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah. We'll it's the who, who, well, the, who tweeted the it. user. Yeah. Right. Like who tweeted it. So yeah, so probably we, like their username, not their like machine assigned identifier that, you know, so like their username. Yeah, that that is definitely something that I that when I was looking at the output or the the result from that search call, uh, there's a lot of, of machine IDs and, and that kind of stuff that's mixed in there that we basically, we don't, we don't care about for our purpose. Our purpose is printing out the tweets. So all we need is sure. essentially the, the, the text and the username. The, the Twitter handle, if you will, and so sure, get getting to that I think would be you know that would be a good the like good next step is is limiting it down, um, right? So so we we print out the username, we print out what they said, we print out a blank line, and and we do that every time a new tweet shows up. Yeah, and so how how do we know it shows up again? How do we how do we figure that out? Do you remember? What do you mean? How, how do we figure out what shows up? We, yeah. We, so, so we, we cache, you know, who, uh, what tweets we've seen in the past in a in a um, an LRU cache instance, and so we know basically when we, when we when we do the query again, we we see if if it's not in the cache, that means mean that it's a, it's a new thing and worthy of printing. So we, we return it. Right. So we have our bit our main polling loop. We're just like looping and recurring with it, with our state. And inside our state, we had a handle. And inside our state, we had this LRU cache of the like what we've seen. And so then we're going to call 
the um, the wrapper, and it's going to give us tweets back, and we're going to farm those through the LRU cache to see which ones are new. And if it's new, yeah. we're going to print it out. Yeah. Put it in the LRU cache and re- recur with a new version of the LRU cache. Yeah, that sounds like a decent uh, a decent way of going about it. So the the problem is, uh, we since we have so much data, uh, we need to know where in all that data. Uh, do you happen to know where in all that data <laughs> uh, the, the the username and the and the the text is? Uh, are they top level keys? Are they nested somewhere? Well, I was looking at the JSON map that we get back because it's pretty heavily nested, and they have the statuses key. So so when you call the endpoint, it gives you this giant JSON document back, but but the, everything is underneath the statuses key, and then they have a list under that, and then. Um, each tweet is its own map in that list. And so inside that map, you have a top level key for like the tweet ID. Like if we wanted to make a link or something, I guess we could have that. Um, or for our LRU cache, if we were just tracking the IDs, right? We need that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it has a top level key called text. And then it has a top level key called user. And then under user, they have like the user ID and all this other stuff. So the, they have username. So, so if you go, so let's see. So for the first, the first tweet back, it's like status is key, zero index, user key, name key, right? You could be like four, four in four deep <laughs> before yeah. you know who you're even talking about. Yeah. And, and that, and that's the problem because we, we don't really want to write a generic Twitter handle here. Like the, the point of, of accessing Twitter in this application is to get the, the text of the tweets and the, and the username. And so it right. would be a good idea to take all that data and transform it into essentially what, what, what our internal application needs from, from Twitter. You know, take, right. because tw- Twitter's data model may change and they may, they may move that data in different, uh, around in different places in the tree. Hopefully they don't do it too willy-nilly. But our application needs just a simple list, a simple vector of, you know, uh, maps with, Text and username done. No, no nesting. No, no need for any any complex you know get in pass for our println function because you know I, I I just want to print it out. I don't want to have to spread the complexity of Twitter all over my app. I want to I want to hide it inside of that wrapper. Right. So as for the genericness, closure is already helping us a lot with the genericness. We didn't have to write really any special code to get this big JSON blob and have it turn into maps. We just we, we just have this big generic data structure already. Yeah. So yeah, I really like your thinking. What we wanna do is we wanna cherry pick out the important parts, the good parts of each tweet <laughs> and then just have a list of those yeah. and just use those. And and I I loved how you put it. Yeah, we do not want to spread the complexity of Twitter all throughout our entire application. So let's make our own internal data structure for the good parts. Yeah, and and, and by doing that, we we basically are 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 encapsulating. We're protecting the internals of our application against changes from Twitter. You know, because what if what if at some point in time in the future we get the the latest tweets from another service called you know you know latest twitter tweets.com or something and that's a whole different it on <laughs> yes uh, and <laughs> and we but we still want the internal 
data structure to be consistent because that internal data structure is what we're going to hand to our printing function, which is how, you know, our printing function, that, that's, that's the extent of our UI right now. Our UI is, 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 is a single function, you know, but in the future, it could be, you know, a web page or it could be a watch app or it could be, you know, a jumbotron thing. I mean, who knows where, where, where this data may end up. Uh, but if it all is right, sourced and we off can of- just grow. We can just grow that as we need more. So if we decide, hey, we want to know what all the hashtags were in the tweet. There's a part of the data structure that has that. So we could we could make another top level entry in our map, like our internal map. So I guess for clarity, let's just call this like the internal model, right, of the tweet. Correct. And so we'll have a top level key for ID. We'll have a top level key for text a top level key for like, you know, colon user slash name, get get it nice and flat. And then maybe a top level key, you know, in the future, if we wanted to know the hashtags we could have, you know, uh, colon hashtags or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So the question is now, where, where where do we do this 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 bit of functionality, this this transform? Is it it's it's a pure transform? That's the nice thing is it's it's going from data to data. So we don't we can we can we can, we can do all a bunch of testing and everything, but where wh- wh- where would be a good place to put this 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 functionality in the loop in well, the so wrapper? I like, well, I like the idea of keeping it over near the wrapper. Uh, I like I always. I always think of these wrappers as having a few different parts. So I think of the wrapper as basically having the part that does the actual IO and we mm-hmm. want to make that as thin as possible. And so, so that gets into the whole thing we talked about last time with, you know, you have a request structure and then this, the thing that does IO knows how to take the request structure and fulfill it. And that's sort of its only job, you know, because the IO it's a pain to test. And so, so you can do all kinds of unit tests, taking the, the parameters and turning it into this more generic request structure that goes in your IO resolver. And then I like to think, so you have the thing that does the IO, you have the, the input, tra- like the transforms that kind of go from the, the parameters your application wants to use for the wrapper, and then this like internal request structure. And then things come back from Twitter in this raw form. And then you want some kind of transform to go from that raw form into something that's useful for your application. And so that then that that can be a pure thing too. Because then you can write unit tests around that pure transform. And so so you you basically have a layer that's exposed to your application that um, does converts your per, your parameters into the request structure, threads it through the IO, and then threads it the, the result through, you know, your your cherry picking <laughs> internal model and then returns the internal model. But all those pieces behind the scenes are separate and testable. Yeah. I don't know. Am I making sense? No, that makes what a lot that, ma- that makes a lot of sense. Um so it might it might be good to have separate namespaces underneath the handle namespace that kind of keep each of these concerns separate, um, so that we so we so we can test them independently, uh, but also be able to to reason about them because they are separate concerns. But I I really like the idea of taking the I/O and pushing it all the way into the corner, you know, all the way to the edge, so that it, we don't have to basically you know, 80% of the, of the code inside of the wrapper is pure is pure code, so we can test most of it. Right, you have like the interface, you sort of have this layer of code, which I'll just call like the in, the application interface. 
and that's what your application uses. And then behind the scenes, you have code ab about your request structure. You have code about resolving the request or like actually doing the IO. And then you have code around your your transforms, right? Mm -hmm. Your 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 I'll call yeah. them input transforms. And so you just make little namespaces. So then then your your interface, your application interface for this whole wrapper, that application interface is going to use all those sub namespaces and just stitch them together. It's not going to have like a whole bunch of logic in there. It's going to be like connective tissue, right? Right. And so it doesn't have to, you don't have to necessarily test that code because the, the code is all, it's, you know, do you, do you believe that closure can run four functions in a row? I, I believe that, that, that it can, so I don't have to test that it can. Because at that point, you're testing closure itself, which is, which right. does you, kind of be you, kind of crazy. You're testing like the threading macro because you're just, you're taking the parameters passed to the A, like the API function and then threading those through the the transform to the request, threading that through the resolver, and then threading that through the transform for that input data. And so after you've run that function once, you pretty much know that, that hey, that, that's going to work. And, and now you're just reduced to testing the threading macro <laughs> in the future. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So now, now we have this... Now, now the wrapper is, is you know, it's, it's, it's buffed up. It's gotten more capabilities. So the data that comes back from it, we can just take that data and know once we filter it through the LRU cache, of course, that that's the stuff we want, we, we need to, to, to actually print out. So, uh, yeah, so we, we get that internal structure that back from the wrapper now, right? So we, we gave the wrapper basically the search query. Right, I think that's how we parameterized it. So Correct. we gave it, you know, the search for pound closure. Yeah, the, the, and the handle and the query. Yeah, it gives us back yeah. our. Yeah, it gives us back what a list. It's going to be a list of of these three three key data structures, right? ID, text, and username. Right. Now, now, now. Whenever or it's we going to throw an exception. Yeah, I guess I, so, and and then we'll we'll catch that and 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 just progress progress to the next the next uh, loop iteration. Yeah. Oh, didn't work out. Okay. Uh, we'll just try again later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go back to our sleep. Uh, but if we do, but if we don't get an exception, we just need to to basically print each of those. So uh, we 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 could even take the printing apart and make it make it make it a multi-step. Uh, there's 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 taking that internal data structure and turning it into the text that we would want to print out. And then there's doing. Oh the yeah, that's that's nice. Because I yeah, think because you could unit test the heck out of that too if you wanted to, right? right? You could make unit tests that format your tweet a certain way. I mean, like if you wanted to walk through and and do um, like terminal colors, so like bold any of the hashtags that are in there, or bold any of the at references. I mean, you could have a lot of fun with that, you know? Yeah. But and the idea is, yeah, write a pure function that takes that that request and then emits a string is that the idea yeah and then at the end all you need to do is run it through my favorite one of my favorite functions is just the run bang uh you just you do the transform and then run bang println and it just will print every every element so you transform it from the maps into the strings and then it'll print out into the terminal and then bang you're right back to the top looping again your sleep yeah, so I guess for the LRU cache, we should probably bury that B 
behind its own little data model too, right? Yeah, because that's a really good idea. Because we want something that does the work of taking the list of tweets and and gives us back like, hey, here are the new ones. So so we we make our own little cache namespace, and it it has a reference like it has its own state. Um, uh, representation, which basically has the LRU cache reference in it. Yeah, we've, we've done that quite a bit where we basically have a namespace that all of the functions in it take as their first argument, the previous state, and then and then, arg- then few more arguments for things that would inform the function about how to progress that state forward. So in this case, it would be... Right. The cache would be the first argument to all the functions. I mean, there's only one function, I think, probably right now. Um, and then the other one is... It, is it the list of tweets? Or maybe we could have it so that it operates just on one tweet at a time? I guess. Well, I think, yeah, just hand it the list of tweets. So, okay. so yeah, you you have this namespace. Why not make another namespace? Uh, they're, they're pretty free. cheap and it keeps things organized. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so we make another name namespace for our little cache thing. And the the we make a function called um, get or filter new. You know, and then it takes a cache, and then it takes a list of the tweets that we got back from the server. And oh, right. and they're in that internal data model, right? Not the, not the guts from Twitter, but the internal data model. So yeah. that's another way that's going to help us. Yeah. So it, it doesn't because we solve this problem with that model. It also doesn't have to sift through all that data. So not only does the print statement does not now we have two consumers of the data. Great, we're already leveraging right. our internal our internal data uh, structure. Absolutely. So we have that internal data model, and it goes through the list, and it basically checks. It uses uh, the cache, the correct caching semantics, <laughs> right, to <laughs> right. basically check. And then um, it's gonna, it can do a loop or recur um, if it wanted to, or it could solve it using a reducer. I guess we can leave leave that as an exercise to the reducer uh, to the <laughs> reducer to the reducer <laughs> to the listener, <laughs> or, to, or or to the future us. Depending or to on the future like us, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and then it hands back a let's say a tuple or a map. I just, depending I would on say your style. It would I would I would say it would just hand back the, the state, which in this case would just be the, the core cache instance. But there's no need it for this particular submodel to be any more complex than that. But it needs to give us which ones are new. Oh, you're correct. So then it, needs, it does so need to be a tuple. To, I think I like the tuple style because yeah. it destructures nicely. Destructuring is probably one of I my like favorite the, features of Clojure. It's just it, it's succinct but also powerful. Like I think those are two good things. Yeah, I love destructuring, and a lot of times I've found myself using tuples for here's the new state, and then here's the intended outcome of the function, like the list of new tweets, right? Yeah. Like that's an idiom I just find myself using a lot. And so therefore it's it's the list acting as a tuple. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, okay, here's your new cache. And then here's what you wanted, which was a list of new tweets. Yeah, cool. I think we only have time for one more little problem which I think we just introduced by having, now we have two consumers of our internal data model. Uh, it's it's the sure. idea that now, now we have this thing we're passing around and, and we don't know what its structure is. We don't know, if you were to come into this six months from now, you know, there's a, the, the joke, you know, there's always two two programmers, you and you six months from now. And uh, 
and you're like, oh, so the wrapper is handing back data and then I'm handing it right to this print function or I'm handing it right to this cache uh, function. But but what's the structure of that right. data? What is, yeah, what is in this thing that we're passing around? So, so Nate, you're telling me you don't just want to read the code and figure it out? <laughs> yes, right. as, as, as wonderful as a closure interpreter as, as my brain is, um, I, I, I need something that helps me a little more. Closure is wonderful at being able to, to, to take data structures and, and slice and dice and add to them very quickly. But it's, it's, you rapidly get to the point where you don't know what is in your data structure. You don't know where, where oh, it's been. I've definitely, I've definitely found myself going through a function like a whole set of functions and looking at all their get ins and, and like writing down a list of key paths <laughs> to try to figure out what on earth that thing was, or, or I have to like go and and divorce uh, the code that does the IO from then the code that like sends it through the other things uh, so that I can like, you know, get like a closure P print in there or something, which, 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 because which works I have no well. idea what's in the thing. Right. It, yeah, it works well until you're getting to the level of, of Twitter-sized data structures where if you print that out for every line in a reduction, you know you end up with hundreds of lines of output and you don't know where you are. Uh, so even that is limited, right. very limited. So it is fair game to just use your REPL and, or use a pprint and, and kind of see where something is to, to remind yourself. But gosh, it's even nicer if you can document like, okay, here is our internal data structure. This is this is the stuff you can count on. Yeah, and so the the, the way we've done it, uh, there's there's new ways newer ways, but we've always relied upon uh, uh, schema. Ugh, let me get it out there. Closure schema was developed by uh, Prismatic, I think, and now now it's open source. Um, and and so the the idea is, you know, we can we can specify the structure of our da- of our internal data structure such that we can actually check to make sure that it's flowing around, but but more than that, it also means that there's documentation as far as what 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 structure what's the structure of the data that this function takes or this function returns. Um, right, we have a like a def schema, and inside that right. def schema, we have a map basically because that's what it wants to take, and that map has all the keys that we're going to want in this thing. So we'd have an ID key, a text key, and a username key. And then we would say, oh, the ID is going to be uh, int, uh, text is going to be a string, and username is going to be a string. So those types just help us know what we're dealing with. And then, and then that could be in its own little namespace, right? It could be in like the wrapper model namespace. Yeah, or, or, even, or it could even be in, a, in another namespace because it's not really about the wrapper at that point. It's about the, the core of the application. And so I would say it should be sure. something that's you know under you know, slash... I don't know. You wouldn't want to call it specs or something like that, but, um, but tweets. You yeah. Know. Yeah. If this was like a, a library that you wanted to reuse in other places, then maybe you would want to, you would want to expose the model in the library area. But, but if it's just, this is a core functionality app. Yeah. You just make like a, you know, a tweet.clj file, like you're saying, and then put the schema there. And then everything that wants to use that schema, just, requires it and then you can use a nifty little function annotation um the the uh, schema def 
um, that, that, that it provides. And then you can get some checking on your inputs and outputs, right? This is pre, pre-spec thinking. Yeah. You could do this with spec in a different way, but we've used schema a lot in the past. And yeah, it's, 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 it's been absolutely wonderful, especially as far as for, for data structures that are, you know, eight, 10, 20 keys or, 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 one of the nice features too is you can actually start specifying schemas in terms of other schemas, and so you can actually build up your 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 more complex data structures from from smaller component ones. So, like the sub models that we talked about with the closure, the core cache, um, or back in the tic tac toe days, the, the the wind tracking. You know that the the schema for the game would be. Uh, you know, have elements for the game attributes, but then would also just say, "Hey, the tracking key." It's just the it's just the schema for the tracking. You know, so you can really uh, build those up, compose those models really easily. Right. So, so there's a well-known data model that comes out of this thing, and you can use schemas as a technique to enforce that, which is neat. So now we have this input transform that takes uh, the horror or the complexity, or whatever you want to call it, of the Twitter data and gives you something that is useful. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really handy. Yep. <laughs> the horror. <laughs> My eyes are burning. Let, let's just say... <laughs> so much could, data. Right. It could either be the horror or it could be, look at all this wonderful data that we can use in some other application, but that's not useful to me. So right. let's be nice to Twitter. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. That That's... That's interesting. Well, I've enjoyed this conversation. It's been yeah. a lot of fun to see how we could take this wrapper and continue making it into something that we can use. And even and even that it actually actually now does fulfill it fulfills the original goal that actually prints it out on our on our terminal. So thanks for listening to our show today. You can find our show notes and our past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. You can also find us on Twitter at closuredesign. Our email address is feedback at closuredesign.club. Please send us any questions and feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can also at mention us on Twitter. We, we follow Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to you. Well, we will be back next week to continue our conversation. Until then, keep your inputs pure. <laughs>